Alright everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. We are going to have an awesome time together in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Who's ready to hear the word of God? Yes, the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together and we are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States. And before we do that, as we're, you know, continuing to believe God for our country, we're going to lift up in prayer the uh, the earthquake situation that happened over there in Turkey and all that, and uh, just believe for uh, the help of the Lord to take care of that situation and the mercy of God. Amen. So let's take a minute tonight and uh, and join in agreement uh, with, with what's going on over there. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we lift up this situation in Turkey, Lord, and we know that this, none of this is news to you. You, you know 
what's going on. But Lord, we pray in Jesus' name for the mercy of God Almighty uh, to intervene there. And we pray for those that are uh, first responders and, and at this point, second and third responders, all the emergency personnel and everybody that's involved there, Lord. We ask for your guidance and for your supernatural help to recover from this and to uh, and to uh, to rebuild, Lord, and for people to look to you, the one true God, to turn to Jesus through all of this. And we thank you, Lord, that you are good and your mercy endures forever in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead and we will speak some faith over the United States now. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. All right, we got a few announcements to go over here. And uh, we just want you to listen up and pay attention to that. Uh, first of all, uh, ladies, the women's meeting is this Friday night. Who's excited? Yeah. All right. Uh, Pastor Katie is going to be leading the, the uh, meeting that night, bringing the word to you. And it has been designated as Nacho Night. So bring something to share regarding nachos. And I believe that you're just going to have the best time you've had all year long yet. All right. It's going to get better, but this is a good one. All right. And then next Friday night, this is really great, is the Lift Marrieds Night. Amen. And uh, hey, listen, what an awesome date opportunity. We're even providing the child care. All right. I mean, man, this is a shoe in easy gift. Take advantage of this. We are trying to help you out in February, the month of love, Valentine's Day. So um, it's going to be an Italian pigeon dinner. Uh, so bring something to share. Now uh, go online and register at hdwc.org slash married. And that'll kind of give... Uh, Pastor Josh and Julie and everyone, um, a head count on what to uh, prepare for for child care. But don't miss out on this chance. This is an easy win for the men, all right? You got to do this, all right? Okay, then we have membership class coming up. Who's excited for membership class? Yes. It's going to be on Sunday the 19th from 4 to 7 p.m. And again, there is child care provided for this. So we want to make this as doable as possible. And we want to encourage you that, hey, if you've been coming to church here for a little bit now and, and you know in your heart that this is your church and you want to make it official, it's a great thing for you to become a member. We want you to do it. And uh, and so get signed up and make sure you get through membership class. It's a fun night. We do learn a lot. We look at some church doctrine and uh, and things like that, which may not sound super exciting, but I promise it's really, really fun. Everybody loves studying doctrine, don't they? All right. Thank you, Chuck. All right. There we go. So, but you're already a member, so we need some others. Uh, amen. So anyway, uh, but it is a great, great time. So sign up for that. And then this is really big news. Worship night is coming up on Sunday, February 26th. Yeah. 
And we have been waiting on this for a while. It's going to be an incredible night. 6 p.m. the whole night is about worshiping the Lord and just letting the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do. We have no pre-planned agenda or anything, no preaching scheduled. It's just going to be an awesome night, worshiping the Lord and flowing with the Holy Spirit. So be here that night. Uh, at 6 p.m. and you can invite some, you know, invite somebody to be here with us. Uh, really quick, want to let you know this. I don't think this will be on the screen, but uh, it looks like FPU Financial Peace University will be starting up March 5th. That it's going to be on Sunday nights from 5:30 to 7. Again, childcare is provided. Come on, so we really just trying to cover this for you. But uh, Sundays, it'll be on Sunday night, uh, March 5th, starting then. And every Sunday night for nine weeks, all right? And then the last announcement tonight is Mrs. Pastor's 75th birthday celebrations coming up. Yeah. That is going to be on Sunday, March the 12th. And the whole service is just going to be a wonderful celebration. We're having a pitch-in dinner afterwards. And uh, it's going to be a really, really great time. And I've told you, but I've got a lot of my siblings are flying in. Her sister from Rhode Island's flying in. So it's going to be a real big deal. And we want the whole family there to celebrate this day. Amen. Because you guys are really the family and we want you there with us. All right. Well, I think that is all the announcements for tonight. So who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. Amen. Do we have any cheerful givers in the house? Yeah. Love it. All right, if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And we're going to open up our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. And I'm going to be in the NLT here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. Now, this entire passage is all about the giving of offerings. And uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to these churches here about uh, taking an offering for the church back in Jerusalem. But anyway, he's got a lot of really powerful stuff to say here regarding uh, the offering. And so let's check this out. Second Corinthians 9 verse 6. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. He'll still get a crop, but it'll just be based in proportion there to what he planted. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's not the way to do it. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, a cheerful giver. And check this out, verse 8. And God will generously provide all you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Amen. That's the will of God for our lives. Not just enough to barely meet your needs and and just barely skim by. No, the Lord wants you blessed, you to have more than what you actually need, and then you can help other people out. I heard a story about a rich old man, a Christian man, who was a very generous giver. And somebody asked him one time how he could give so much to the Lord's work and still possess great wealth. And the man replied, well, as I shovel it out, 
God shovels it back in, and the Lord has a bigger shovel than I do. Amen? And so, even though we may be shoveling it out, our shovel's like the size of a teaspoon, and God's got a great big shovel, and He keeps bringing it back in to our lives. Amen? That's good news tonight, isn't it? Yeah. All right, let's stand up together, and we are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. We're going to get into some worship tonight and then get into the Word of God. It is going to be great. All right. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Okay, join us up here at the altar, and let's worship the Lord together on tonight. Jesus, Son of God, Son of Man, I call you Savior with nail-scarred hands. You will be my Son in the morning light, bringing redemption to my dark Beautiful surrender is where I want to be, locked into your arms for all eternity, come and take my hand, you can leave me where you please, that beautiful surrender is chasing after me.
blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly trust in Jesus name it's in Christ alone I Christ alone a cornerstone a weak made strong in the Savior's love and through the storm He is Lord and Lord of all When darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the veil. A Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak made strong in the Savior's love through the Through the storm, He is 
shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone. Fall is stand before the throne and Christ alone, a cornerstone, a weak made strong in the Savior's love and through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. Christ The greater one's in us, and you're our Lord, you're our leader, you're our Savior, you're everything we need. It's all in the name of Jesus. And we want to thank you tonight that we're going to see things and know things that are absolutely necessary for us to be able to win the battles of life and receive all the promises you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Give the Lord a hand. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about how to stay in faith because the answer's on the way. And we're going to be talking about some spiritual things. We're going to be talking about spiritual warfare, some things that maybe we don't go into detail enough about. But anyway, i got a book I want to show you called The Triumph of the Church. And... Uh, I just think about this book here, how powerful it is. There's been a lot of goofy, flaky, nutty teaching about demons, demon spirits, and how to do spiritual warfare. And Brother Hagin came out. Matter of fact, this book came out right when I first started pastoring back in 1992. I remember it when it first came out. The Triumph of the Church. 
And it's, it's not, it's not easy reading. This is not one of the simple books. It's really a serious book because Brother Hagin take, takes this seriously. And I do too. That's why we don't talk a lot about spiritual things like that because people get flaky. There's been a lot of nutty, goofy people. I remember when I was first, uh, a wannabe pastor before I really got to be a real pastor. I kind of got around some people there that had some goofy, stupid stuff they did that was popular and it's recycled several times. You don't fight the devil with fleshly things. It's totally spiritual warfare. And people people have been taught goofy things. So Brother Hagin really does a lot of straightening up this book here. This book will take you a long time to read it if you really want to be straightened up, if you're thinking about how this works. Because spiritual warfare is simple if you follow the Bible. But people want to do things where they see natural things. And how many know we walk by faith, not by sight? And so we're going to teach you some things tonight. It's a Wednesday night, and uh, praise God I'll be able to get through what I need need to see. But you've got to know, you have the victory. But you've got to be able to walk it out God's way and do what God wants. And so I want you to look at Luke chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 17 to 20. And I want to ask you this, how many, how many believe there's promises of God that still need to come to pass in your life yet? I want you to think about that. You know, you come around a church like this here, and you, we do a lot of good, uh, good positive faith preaching and a lot of faith teaching, and the things we teach are not just too good to be true, but the gospel is too good to be true or it's not the gospel. Think about what I just said. That wasn't a play on word. Heard a man say one time, if it's not too good to be true, then you're not hearing the gospel. It's too good to be true that you give God 10% and then the windows of heaven open on your life and the devil, that's too good to be true. You know, you think about all the money, the get-rich-quick schemes on earth, give these people all these things here, pyramid schemes, and maybe you're going to get rich quick. Well, the gospel is too good to be true. God liberally supplies, fills the full your every need. God already had the cure for cancer before cancer ever came on the scene. God had the cure for AIDS, for everything. Lay hands of sick, they shall recover. Well, well, that's too good to be true. That's the gospel. Amen. And so, so we've, we've got authority, and I want to show you some things here, because we as believers have to know basically how things work in the spiritual realm. And we screwed around the edges a lot, but tonight I'm going to get into some pretty good stuff that if you see this get a hold of it, then I hope you'll never quit again on what God's given you. Luke 10, verse 17, and Jesus, about 70, 70 believers after the first 12, and the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us through thy name. He said, even the devils, the demons, have to back off and quit when we use the name of Jesus. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as, as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, that's representing demon spirits, and over all the power of the enemy. And I want to tell you about those words power, just as I'm, as I'm going through this. That first word power comes from the word exousia, means authority. This Greek word means authority. And the second word power comes from the word 
Dunamis means ability. So he said, I give you authority over all the ability of the devil, over every demon. And, you know, I hear people get all scared. Oh, this is a big demon. Oh, this is a bad demon. What difference does it make if it's a big demon, little demon, or goofy demon, whatever demon it is? You got authority over all demons. Listen to what I've said. Pastor, you don't know how bad this is, but I'll tell you what, this is a bad one. Well, it's a defeated one in the name of Jesus. Hey, Amen. I can't get too sidetracked. I've got some ground to cover. And so he said he gives us authority over all the ability of the enemy and nothing, no thing, nothing. You ever notice that word there, nothing? It's got no thing. No thing shall by any means hurt you. But then he said, and this is for so many goofy Christians get goofy about and excited more about excited about demons than they do about Jesus. He said, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits or the demons are subject to you, the rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Every time I think about the power God's given me as a believer in the name of Jesus, and every, every time every time I cast the devil out of somebody or break the power of the devil in somebody's life and it changes, I don't get too big-headed about that at all. Because all I did, all I did is obey Jesus, did what Jesus said, and then I always stop and say, Jesus, I want to thank you. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to thank you, Jesus, I'm coming to heaven because what you did. And that's what Jesus said to do. But I remember back in in days I've seen t- so many times when people wanted to have deliverance sessions, and they they get fifty Christians together, spitting and praying and chanting and going on like that. They cast one little demon. That's some old woman or something. The, a baby Christian could cast the demon out of a demon-possessed person. It's the name of Jesus does it. It's not the spirituality of the person. And so Jesus said, don't get big-headed. It's my name that does it. Amen? Do you see what I'm saying? I want to make sure you get this. And so we as believers have got to realize that Satan and demons are as real as Jesus and the Father, and the Holy Spirit. This is going to be critical for what I'm going to teach you tonight. You've got to realize they're just as real. And then, you know, I, I pray that nobody that sits under the Bible teaching here ever says, when they see something still and kill and destroy, a horrible thing happen in somebody's life. Well, I wonder why God allowed that. I hope you never say that kind of stuff. The devil come to steal, kill, and destroy... Jesus come to give life of that more abundantly. And Hosea 4, 6, he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so Christians that don't know their Bible say things, well, God moves in mysterious ways as wonders to perform. Uh, that was an act of God. Amen. Amen. We're going to see some things tonight. And so anyway, we've got to always remember we have authority in the name of Jesus over Satan and all demons. Over Satan and all demons. He's the father of the demons. But we've got as much authority over Satan as we do any demon. And we have that authority. And so we're going to go to Daniel chapter 10 now. Verse 1. And as we do this, I wrote something down that I recalled that I I was taught years and years ago. It's a statement, but it helps me understand what we're saying. Now Jesus in the New Testament told us we've got authority over all demons. And the Old Testament, we're going to see somewhat how this works. And so listen to this. You might want to write this down. It's really, it's really 
explains a lot in understanding the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is in the New Testament contained. How many of you know when you read the New Testament, you see a lot of Old Testament things? That's the New Testament too. But then also, the New Testament is in the Old Testament explained. The Old's in the New contained, but the New's in the Old explained. Did you ever notice how, 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 how neat it is to read the Old Testament stories? And then realize, wow, we've got the power to do that in the New Testament. That's us. And so I think this here is one of the most, I'm getting ready to read one of the most uh, greatest explanations. Looking into the spiritual realm to see how things worked. And uh, I want to say it again. Stay in faith. The answer is on the way, and you're going to see some things. And so Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel. Has God ever revealed a thing to you? Ever shown you anything? Has anybody ever seen something in the heart? They know that that's God. I know I heard from God. Okay. And it says whose, whose name Daniel was, was called Belteshazzar in, in, in that land he was in. And it says the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. And in the days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And so what I want to say is this. God showed Daniel some future things for his life and for his nation. And I just want to ask you again. Has God ever put anything in your heart and hasn't happened yet? You know, how many have ever wondered, well, maybe I didn't really hear God, must not have been God, or that, that couldn't have been God, because uh, uh, on my timetable, uh, that should have happened already. He told me that uh, two years ago, and it hasn't happened yet. That must not be God. Well, Daniel, when he heard from God, it says the thing was true. He heard from God. And, you know, just, just always remember this. When Jesus got baptized in water and then baptized in the Spirit, and then God from heaven spoke with an audible voice that the whole crowd heard. And God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus went on a 40-day fast. He came out of that fast and then the first thing Satan says, if you're really the son of God, when God talks to you and tells you things, the first thing the devil's going to do is try to come and tell you that wasn't God. Amen. And so, so God, God uh, showed Daniel some things of the future, and this whole thing is really good. So he went into fasting and praying to get himself in a better position to hear spiritually. And I want to fast forward to verse 12 and verse 13. And in your own time, read all these verses in between there. But he spent, after God talked to him, he wanted to get clarity. He wanted to be in position to find out what his part was. So he fasted and prayed for three weeks. How long, how many days is it three weeks? How many days? 21 days. Okay, verse 12. And then there's an angel, a, a warrior, a warrior angel. That said unto me, Daniel said, Fear not, Daniel, from the, from the first day that thou, thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I come for thy words. But the prince, that's about a demon spirit, of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. How many days is that? Twenty-one days. 
So all the time he was fasting and praying for clarity, for the answers he needed, there was a warfare going on. It says there was a demon spirit holding back the answer. He said, for the first day, and I want you to recall, when I got that bad diagnosis, I said, we're going to pray for me one time. Hey, God hears me the first day. And if we don't see answers soon enough at our timetable, he heard me the first time. And so we will thank him, we will thank him, we will thank him that he heard us. Do you remember when uh, Jesus was coming to the tomb of Lazarus? He got to the tomb and said, Father, I want to thank you that the first time I prayed you heard me, but I've said this now for their sakes because they don't believe. And so we got to recognize God is not deaf. God is not dumb. God hears when you pray. That's why it's so, it's so pathetic when his children cry out and cry out and cry out, asking him and pleading and begging him to do something. He heard you the first time. If you'll slip into some praising and thanking, you're, you're going to start seeing some results quicker. But anyway, he says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, Michael, archangel, says, came to help me. I remained, I remained there at the kings of Persia. And so we have to know, as we look at this, after 21 days, three weeks of seriously seeking God after he'd already heard from God, because of the warfare going on in the heavenly realm, he finally got the answer. Some of you are standing and giving up and then starting over again, standing and giving up. God, listen, there's things out there trying to stop your answer. I want to say that again. There's things out there trying to hold back your answer. And Satan wants you to start saying things like, well, it must not be the will of God. Well, I must not have heard God. Uh, I'm not going to go with that plan then. I'll go with this plan because that must not have been God. No, when God puts something in your heart, he wants it to come to pass and the devil does it. Listen to what I'm saying. When God gives you a dream, he's not going to hold it back. But we have to understand, as soon as we receive in our hearts, start speaking out of our mouth what God wants us to do, immediately Satan gets some demon spirits, come on the scene, and says, All right, guys, let's gather at Maxine's house today. Maxine's been speaking some things. And she's obviously hearing from God. So guys, let's get over to Maxine's house. That's how this works. That's how this works. All right. Uh, Alex and Adriana, they're really on the ball. They're starting to do some things for God. And they said what God's going to do in their life. Guys, come on. Bring the troops in. It's time to attack. But why do Christians, well, I know why. I can answer my own question. But why do Christians, when God gives them a dream, they begin to confess it, they begin to share it, things begin to happen, when troubled times comes, why do they then say, well, it must not have been God? Let me tell you why. A demon spirit called doubt. Puts that thought in your head. And you want me to tell you another, another, another tactic of Satan? We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6 in just a minute. You might as well turn there. But another tactic of Satan, 
He likes to put thoughts in your head for you to speak out where you think they're your thoughts. He always talks. He always talks in first person. Person. He never shows up and says, I'm one of the demon spirits assigned to steal your dream. And so I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the demon, you're the Christian, and you didn't hear from God. You know what he says? He puts that thought there like this. Well, must not have been God, like you're thinking it. Well, uh, my, my wife would never go along with this. Or, well, my husband won't go along with this. But it's him talking. It's the devil. And because Christians are so dense in their spiritual life, they don't recognize what's going on. You know, that's why one reason why I teach all the time, Pastor Dave does too, we talk about John 10, John chapter 10, the whole thing about the good shepherd, and Jesus says that chapter multiple times. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and they know my voice. And so if God gives you a dream, and you're his sheep, and he's your shepherd, and you know his voice, why don't you do what Jesus said in John 10, flee from the voice of the stranger? Why you say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, get behind me. You are not going to steal what God gave me. I'm led by the Spirit of God. I'm a child of God. I'm led by the Spirit of God. This is mine, and you can't steal it. Amen. And so do you see in Daniel's life, that great man of God, that God showed him things, and he said the things are true. But then... When the angel came on the scene, he said, I've been trying to get to you for three weeks. He said, there's a battle in the heavenlies. And then when you you read this chapter, the parts I didn't read, he says, I had to call in more angels to help me even. He said, I had to call in more angels. And so there's things out there in the spiritual arena that you can't see, but they're there. That's why we have a thing called faith in the Bible over and over and over again. While we walk by faith... And not by sight. Why faith pleases God. And God's rewarder of faith. Amen. You hear what I've said. If you can see it. Faith. Because you got it. It's only faith when you can't see it. But you keep on talking about it. And say it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And so Ephesians chapter 6. And we're talking about staying in faith. How to stay in faith. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Now we're talking about how to stay in faith because the answer is on the way. And so I want to say this again. If you've prayed in faith for things that God's put in your heart, I can promise you the answer is on the way. It's going to happen if you don't quit. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Years ago, the Holy Ghost said that this verse to me this week, this week, uh, this way. Do you know that Jesus is the Word? So if you're going to be strong in the Lord, be strong in the Word. And the, the power and the might come from the Holy Ghost. Be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. So I always read this verse, I say, be strong in the Word and in the power of the Holy Ghost. That means pray in tongues a lot. Amen. Be strong, and we're talking, we're talking about how to successfully navigate through the spiritual arena 
and not quit because the answer's on the way. You know, Daniel couldn't pray in tongues. He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. We are tongue-talking Christians. We can pray in tongues. We, 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 we can strengthen our faith by praying in tongues. That's Jude 20. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. So finally, my brethren, God's given you things. It's time to feed stronger on the Word. Because there's an attack coming, and you better get built up. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of who? The devil. The wiles, the schemes, the strategies. And do you remember what I said? The Old Testament is in the New Testament contained. You're seeing that right there. And then the New Testament is the Old Testament explained. So it's telling you right here why you have got to be aware of the wiles, the schemes, the strategies of the devil. And then, matter of fact, read Luke chapter 4 sometimes, verse 13, when Jesus passed all those temptations in the desert, it says that Satan backed off for a more opportune time. And the Amplified Bible says he backed off basically until thought his guard was down and then come back when he thought he was weak. In your life, in your life, and like I said, this is why I don't talk about this stuff too much because people go goofy with it. But in your life, Satan's got your number. He knows, he knows if sex is something, wrong sex, is something that's overcome you before it causes you to crash. He knows if alcohol has been your weakness. He knows if a gossip, a gossip spreader has been your weakness. He knows whatever it is, he knows what worked on you before. And we as Christians, when we get the victory, then Luke 4.13 says... Even for Jesus, Satan backed off for a season, looked for more opportune time. That's why Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. And so, I know for me, uh, my family was big boozers. And so I stayed away from my family that were the boozers. I didn't go around the drinking stuff. I didn't go around the houses where they drank. I stayed away from it because I knew that thing had me before. I wasn't going to go back down that road again. And it's the same thing about Christians that are gossipers, whiners, complainers. I am not going to give place to the devil by hanging around a bunch of whining, complaining, bad-mouthing, backstabbing Christians to get that spirit on me. Amen? And so we're the ones that have to know he's got schemes out there. He's got strategies. It just said right here. Put on the armor of God so you can stand against those schemes. Amen. We're talking about spiritual warfare. There's things going on out there. And I'll tell you, if I was believing for a big dream from God, the last people I would hang around would be a bunch of preachers full of doubt and unbelief. Say that God could ever do that in your church. Well, I've told many preachers, God will do that in my church because he told me he would. Amen. And so whether they're preachers, fellow believers, or non-believers, if there's people that think they've got an assignment to steal your dream, stay away from them. Amen. And you know, let, let, me let me tell you something else how this works. We're going to look at these verses here, but that little cartoon that I used to see on TV is so real. Little angel gets on one shoulder and little demon on the other shoulder. Well, see, Christians, if they're ignorant of the word, they don't know if it's a demon talking to them, if it's their own thoughts or if it's the Holy Spirit. 
And so we as Christians, that's why we've got to be strong in the word. Because then when those little thoughts come, now we know they're absolutely in violation of the word of God to us. That's why we don't have to have any witness. Is it all Satan? That's not what the word of God says. The word of God says in Psalms 91, 16, with long life, which satisfied me and showed me his salvation. So I'm going to live a long life. And the Bible says the minimum age that God's given us under this covenant after the flood was 70 years. And that's when they were in judgment in the wilderness. He said then at least 80. But then he told, he told Noah, he said man's days is going to be 120. And so for me, long life's not 50. It's not 60. 70's just to the bottom of the room. And then we go on. You understand? And so we as Christians have to recognize if you're going through a serious illness... And that thought comes, well, I don't think God's going to heal me this time because of the bad boy I've been, because of the bad person I've been. Well, if you've been bad, First John 1, 9 says you confess your sins, just forgive you, cleanse you. You go and sin no more, and then claim your life. Amen. That's a bunny trail for somebody. Amen. And so Ephesians chapter 6 then, verse 11 says we're supposed to put on the armor of God to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And this is talking about our spiritual warfare is not natural arena. And uh, well, the bunny trills have to keep coming because you've got to explain things to people. How does faith work according to Galatians 5 verse 6? Works by what? Love. And so you want me to tell you, uh, I'm not going to call you any names. But you're dumb if you don't do this right according to the Bible. The last thing you can do, the worst thing you can do if somebody's attacking you verbally is jump into the fight with your words. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. Faith works by love. The best thing you can do if somebody's attacking you verbally is either keep your mouth shut and walk away. Or if you can say it without coming across sarcastic, I want to tell you, I would be praying for you. But if you say it in a mean way, then you might as well say, I hate you. Because we wrestle not with fle- against flesh and blood. Amen. And so that's why Christians lose so many fights in life. Because they don't get mad, they get even. Well, it says one more time. With that person, I've had so many people come to this prayer line in this church. Pastor, I don't know why. She's been my best friend all my life. And for no reason. She's lying about me. She's talking about me. She's telling people bad things on me that aren't true. All I can do is stand there and say, well, sounds to me like the devil. I can tell you exactly why. So you might as well quit crying. Start using your authority. Start walking in love. Pastor, I don't know why. My boss, for no reason, I've been doing my job. I went in today, and my boss told me this, 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 and this. My boss said this, and I, I, I don't brag, but I know I'm the best worker on my shift. I know I go out of my way. I come in early. I stay late. I clean up their messes. I'm doing everything right. Well, do you think the devil might not like it because you're a Christian? You're doing everything right? Uh, in John eight forty four. Jesus told us another tactic of the devil. He said, Satan's a liar and the father of lies. I learned that years and years ago. I can't 
start telling my old truck driving stories, boy, oh boy. I tell one short one. One short one. And back when marijuana wasn't popular, I had a marijuana smoking boss on the midnight shift. And uh, anyway, I was always doing my job, and the other guys wasn't doing their jobs. And so, for example, when I had to go out and check the oil and fuel and diesel trucks at nighttime, they didn't check the oil in these big trucks, a whole lot of oil. And so I would check the oil. They'd be way down because nobody else did it but me. And so when they'd go out there, they'd just run out there because it was really cold in Indiana. You know, it'd be like 20 below zero. And so oil's real thick. It doesn't hardly pour. So these guys run out there. They'd pop the diesel in those tanks and run back in. Then that truck, truck coming back off the route, if I was the one to fill it up, it'd be two gallons low. And so I'd be out there freezing. I come in a half hour later, and the boss called me in one. I said, what are you doing out there? I said, I'm doing my job. And so anyway, he, he was climbing down my throat half high. And then I said, listen, I want to tell you, I'm a Christian. You know that. And I said, this is my company. God's blessing the work of my hand. And I said, I can't with a clean conscience allow those engines to blow up because they don't have oil in them. And so I said, I'm number one accountable to God and then to you. And I said, I looked him in the eye and I said, I'll tell you what, I'm pleasing Jesus. And if you don't like it, you better talk to him. Well, you should see those dopey eyes water up. As, he, as his marijuana high started making him cry. And he said, I know you're right. You're right. And so I went back out there. And so the whole thing was, the devil was lying to him about my job. But the Holy Ghost in me gave me the boldness to speak the truth in love. Because I, I wasn't rebelled against his authority. I speak of the truth. It wasn't in malice, it was in love. <laughs> that helping anybody? You got to do what's right. Okay. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, now this, this, this is, this is the rank and file. This is the order in Satan's army. But against principalities, that's the lowest level of demons. Against powers, that's the little higher level. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places, and that's what the angel was dealing with in Daniel's thing, the spiritual wickedness in high places in the heavenlies. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now listen to this, and having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. In this spiritual warfare, you've got to know you've done all, and then when you do, Quit kicking yourself in the rear wondering what you're doing wrong. It's time to stand. Amen. How do you stand? Well, we're going to look at the, the, the armor there if we get time in a minute. But the number one thing, you always have to remember Matthew 18, 18. Jesus said, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Now, we have to know the authority of the believer is released on earth. But the authority comes from heaven. And so that's why Matthew 18, 18, he said that. And the Amplified Bible says, Whatever you forbid and declare to be, Ill, to be illegal and improper on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. As I know so many times, what I've used with that, when the devil's tried to rise up on my job or in other things in life, I say, Satan, it's illegal if you do that in heaven. You tried it in heaven, God kicked you out. And so if it's illegal, if it's 
illegal and unlawful for you to take over heaven, you're not taking over my family. Amen. Remember Jesus said he saw him fall from heaven like lightning? God gave him the boot. And when you read Revelations chapter 11 on that, it tells you that a third of the angels followed Lucifer out. And so that's where the demons come from. There's no demons that are new. They're all the same ones. And so they're down here now for that. But we're the one, having done all stand, if you don't take your Luke ten nineteen authority and Matthew eighteen eighteen and say, Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name, you're not still in my job. I bind you in Jesus' name, you're not still in my raise. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I'm a tither and you're rebuked, devour. You are rebuked, devour. I'm a tither. I bind you in Jesus' name, you're not still in my house. My car, my marriage, my kids, my church, my city, whatever it is, we've got authority. This is real, guys. This is real. And things we see going on in government, different places like that, there's spiritual warfare going on over the governments of the world right now. Because Revelation chapter uh, 11, verse 12 says, Satan knows he has but a short time. And so he knows already that his day's coming. He knows the lake of fire has his name on it. He's going to be in there forever and ever and ever and ever. So he's trying all he can do right now where we are. We're the believers. We've got the authority. But too many believers don't understand what's going on and they quit. God gives you big dreams because God wants to use you to change this world. But then with that little little goofy demon, demon, the principalities, that's the littlest demons. When they come and get in your ear... And say, I'm the big bad wolf. I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down. You go, Ooh. It's time to get serious. Have you done all stand? So once, once you know you do, you're tithing, you're walking in faith, you're walking in love. I don't know what else you can do except stand. You're tithing, so you know you're walking in your covenant. You're walking in love with people so you know your faith's working. You're reading the Bible, coming to church, so faith cometh by hearing, so your faith's strong. You're doing all those things, you stand. What do you do? Every, every time a thought comes to your head trying to lie to you, you just immediately open your mouth. Say, nope, that's not true. By Jesus' stripes I was healed, so I am. Nope, that's not true. My God supplies all my need. Of course, rich in glory by Christ Jesus. No, that's not true. Psalms 512, Psalms rather favors a shield. Nope, that's not true. I'm Abraham's head, Galatians chapter 3. Deuteronomy 28 says, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. I'm the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Amen. That's what you do. You open your mouth and you talk. And you talk and you talk. And then you Romans 4, 17. You call those things be not as though they were. Amen. You quit saying, I'm going to be healed someday. You say, I'm healed now. By his stripes I was. You quit saying my needs are going to be met someday by his stripes, uh, but, uh, according to his riches and glory. My needs are met abundantly. That's what you start doing. Having done all, stand. You say those things, and then if you, if you, if you, if you happen to catch diarrhea of the mouth and spew off some bad stuff, then you immediately repent and say, Lord, forgive me, because that, I didn't mean to do that. That wasn't my heart, Lord. That was my head, and I'm sorry I said all that trash that I shouldn't have said, Lord, forgive me, and then get right back to do what you're supposed to do. 
Amen. Is this helping anybody? Amen. This is how this works. Spiritual warfare. If you've prayed what you've prayed and you know you've prayed in faith, stand. Having done all, stand. Having done all, stand. Having done all, stand. And, and don't conjure up something to do that you think is going to be a step of faith. If God puts something in your heart, that's a step of faith. You'll know it. You know, I, I, I was telling somebody the other day about a, a guy who used to be the sheriff of a county, uh, next county down from us, that uh, part of our church. That he's in a, he's in a this stuff used to happen years ago. He's at a special big meeting, and the guy said, "If you believe your eyes are healed, step on your glasses. Crush you don't need those glasses." This guy's the sheriff. He crushed his glasses, and I think it was three years, at least two, maybe three years, he went around saying he could see it, he couldn't, he was the sheriff. And finally, after three years not being able to see, he said, well, that must not have been God. Just because some man tells you something doesn't make it true. If you don't get it in your heart, don't do it. Amen. Tell you what, somebody gave away the car, and then they got another car. Well, you might give away your car and walk. I better be wrapping this down, but you know, we looked out there, and the, and the key thing about the armor of God, as you read the armor of God, I'm not going through it for the sake of time, but you're going to notice that all of God's armor centers around hearing, confessing, and acting on God's word. Everything in the armor of God is talking about putting the word on. Put the word, the breastplate of righteousness. You're saying what the word of God says. You're the righteous God in Christ. Your prayers are answered because you have Jesus' righteousness in you. The shield of faith cometh by hearing, hear by the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so that's what you see. That's what the armor of God is all about. And so having done all, stand up and close with these things I wrote down here. Thanking him that he heard you the first time you prayed in line with God's word. That's faith. God's given you a, God's given you a dream. You begin to speak it out. You find verses that back your dream. And every day you speak those verses out loud and thank him. Lord, this is for me. This is for now. It's coming to pass in my life. Having done all stand, stay in faith. Stay believing the word. Thanking him that he's moving in your behalf like Daniel no, there may be a spiritual battle going on in your realm of authority, but you've got authority over all the ability of the enemy. Stay in faith. The answer's on the way. Amen. Did anybody see something about that you didn't see before? Did that help you understand some things? Amen. Amen, Pastor Dave. And so, uh, it might be time in your prayer closet to repent and just tell the Lord, Lord, I was ignorant. I didn't know these things, but I see them now and I want to learn. And uh, if you really, really want to know more about this, buy that book, The Triumph of the Church. And don't just think it's something you're going to pick up and read it in a week. It's something you're going to study. And it might, t- it might take you a half a year to get through the first or second chapter because there's a lot of stuff in there you need to learn. Amen, amen. Pastor Dave. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up together tonight. Hallelujah.
seen some really good things in the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Well, hey, if you need prayer for anything tonight, we want to be in agreement with you. And so uh, we're going to have our prayer team come on up together here. And uh, let's just take a minute. If you need agreement, if you need prayer, we want to we want to be there for you and hook up our faith with you tonight. And if not, just take a minute to worship the Lord and thank Him. Praise God. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil my anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love and through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. All right, praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and close things out here tonight. Who had a good time in the Word together this evening? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I encourage you, you know, sometimes you didn't get all of it in one setting, so go back and watch it again online, listen again online, take some notes, and, you know, be diligent in your study of the Word of God, and then be a doer of the Word of God. Amen. All right, I want to remind you that there is the women's meeting on Friday night, so come on out, 6.30, and uh, again, lots of other great stuff taking place, so make sure you stay in the loop, and you get to be involved and uh, surrounded with the family of God. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and close out in prayer tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we have seen in your word. And God, we realize that, yeah, there's a real enemy. We know that, Lord. But according to Luke 10, we have authority over all the power of the enemy. And we are going to use that authority in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, use us the rest of this week to be the light of the world. And Father, we want to do everything we can to live our lives for you and be doers of your word. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Jesus name can everybody give the lord a great big amen tonight
Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and we'll speak some faith over Barstow. All right. Uh, okay. Robert is in need of a few good men <laughs> to get some, to put some of those round tables over there for the women's meeting on uh, Friday night. So uh, anyway, if you're going to help out with that, uh, just see Brother Robert and he would love you. He said he'd give you a hug. So whatever that means. If you want a hug from Robert. There's your chance. All right. Praise God. Let's say it together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We'll see you this weekend.